Welcome to Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing my good friend Nick Norman, Portland, Oregon-based ceramicist and draftsman who continues to impress me with his zany and unpredictable work. Hope you enjoy. Portland. Nice. Uh, it's kind of windy today. Um, sunny. You love Portland. Uh, I like I like being here right now. It's like a I feel really in my comfort zone. Being being here because you're from there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my parents live here, know a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it's just very comfortable. There's like lots of nature around can go anywhere you want. Pretty easy. Would you ever move back to Philadelphia? No, (laughs) but not because I don't like it, but because, um, I already, you know, I already lived there for five years. Like I already had my moment there and I feel like going back somewhere, like you're, you're just going to be trying to recapture that, but it's not possible. You mean, unless you go back to where you're from first? No, I mean, just, just <laughs> if, <laughs> you know, if you uh, moved back to uh, Oakland, you would, it wouldn't be the same. No, no. Yeah, I used to have the conception that you should always be like changing levels like a video game. So you should be visiting new different locations every time you upgraded, you know? Yeah. I think, but then I realized you got to return home. Yeah. So, but that's distinctly different than those like kind of transplant cities that you go to to have, as you put it, your moment. Although I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, I don't mean like a moment like, oh, like this is my big moment but just like you have the experience that you have for that time period and then if you go back mm-hmm. there you're not going to recapture that same time and so it'll all you'll always i don't know it seems like you'll maybe always see it as like that time does that i don't know <laughs> if that makes sense yeah are you having a moment right now uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess everything is a series of moments. Uh, <laughs> that, that's certainly moments. true. That's certainly true. That's some, um, some old man wisdom. Yeah. No, what are you working uh, on right now? Um, I am kind of just trying some new stuff out. Um, trying to make some bigger pieces, ceramic pieces. Um, I had a couple, um, people reach out for like some bigger orders this year, which is kind of new for me. Um, so that was like interesting to try. Um, 
but they ended up kind of just being just not coming through in the way not the person but just the work you mean they wanted they wanted a um, batch order of the same thing yeah yeah so it's more like production production yeah Um, that that seems antithetical to how you work it it is but it's also i've kind of started to realize like some of the things that i make are um have like little systems yeah so once you figure out like oh, this is like the system to make like this bottle or like to make this candlestick holder. Um, then you, if you approach it that way, it's more like um, like a factory assembly or something. Right. So who's reaching out, Bed Bath & Beyond? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want me to make a little ceramic bed. <laughs> I, made, I made these bottles. Well, somebody reached out just on Instagram. Just to on make Instagram. Some- bottles uh for their skincare brand and i made them um however they all leaked when they got to their destination um and i tried to refire have them refired but they had already been like um dosed with oils so like you they just made it like impossible to like refire it so i'm gonna do a lot more testing um, this time around and kind of resend the order, um, maybe around Christmas time. So that was a complete failure. People were complaining. They didn't know they were really nice about it, uh, in a way that made me almost feel worse because I kind of wanted them to be a little angrier. Um, but they were like, no, you know, it's like an experiment and this happened. So, um, and they're still, they liked them a lot. Um, but just, they just didn't, uh, hold the oils. Um, so I'm going to have to do, uh, a lot more testing than I, um, initially set out to do. Yeah. When things are going out to other people, you have to have such a refined process. Yeah. And I just to know what you're doing basically, which is, which is tricky, especially with ceramics. Yeah. And then I, and then from there I realized like, wow, maybe I really don't have as good of a handle on this as I thought, but also I, you know, I guess bottles, little bottles are maybe also tricky, uh, trickier than just making like a cup or something. Um, yeah, but, but at the same time, you know, it's like, well, I kind of overestimated what I was able to do. Um, and that's also okay. And I learned something, uh, painfully, and then I can try again. They were nice enough to let me try again. So, yeah, I mean, that, you probably know your process very specifically, like everyone else who makes things. But then, yeah. if you if you don't revere the medium or you're not like a true craftsperson, then you probably don't actually know. You know, like for instance, I don't know wood that well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people who are like obsessive about the intricacies of ceramics who right. don't don't make interesting work typically. But they really know they're almost like they're in love with that thing, not themselves, you know, yeah. whereas yes. we are in love with ourselves and what we want to make. <laughs> yeah, you know I, what I mean? would say that. Yeah, I would say that that's that's probably true. Yeah, I definitely don't have a handle. I've been trying to learn a little bit more about like the chemistry of it. And, a, and another friend of mine just recently showed me like how to mix glazes. Um, so I'm excited to like, kind of start to learn that process too, and try to just like understand 
the whole thing more um, so I can just be better uh, at it. Yeah. So you said this year was a year of failures. Um, I w- well, not, you know, not entirely. I had like, I had a show and um, the work that I made for that show, I was excited about, but it just seemed like there was just like a period of a few months where I just kind of kept hitting a wall and then like I, I made some other stuff for this other person and then that stuff didn't turn out like how I wanted it to. Um, so it, it, I just kind of hit um, hit a wall and it kind of I was kind of down for a little for like a month or something. But now I'm feeling a lot better uh, about things. Well, the um, the vehicle with the man's head in it. Is a is a a clear. Hmm. He he can go. He's like a textbook image. You know. He's a Mm -hmm. big step up. You could you could build a book around him. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun. That was a really fun piece to make, and also just the process. That was a wood firing, which Mm -hmm. I'd never done before. Um, and it was a really cool process to like learn about, like what that uh what that entails and like all the people that were like at the firing were like really nice and open and are totally like clay nerd people um that like know a lot so it was cool to like get a little bit of feedback from people um and just kind of learn a new process um and i just signed up for like another firing in yeah, that january one, yeah. that one's exceptional that one is ambitious yeah. You know, in a way, this is not an insult, but the there's a strength in your work that can often be, it feels off the cuff. I know it's not, but it can feel pretty immediate and casual. Mm. But that guy, he's really something else. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you recognize that surely, right? I, yeah. I think that was a piece where I, I spent a little bit more time with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a tendency to to not like spending a lot of time on a, on a piece or it's not like I don't like it. It just seems like sometimes you can like, you can still make something good without necessarily investing like days and days into it. Um, but I am trying to be better about spending a little bit more time with pieces. Um, and that helps imbue them with like some type of magical property or something. Attention Maybe, is that, yeah. is that magical property? Yeah. yeah. People love that. And I used to talk shit on that, you know, like it can cut both ways, but I do think works that show labor within them store that labor and that love mm-hmm. are often the best works. Mm-hmm. You know, we're lazy, so we don't like that idea, but yeah. It's true, you know, like it's a type of sacrifice that the viewer selfishly likes. Oh, wow. He spent mm. way too much time on that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Could have been, could have been doing anything else, but there he yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go in that direction? I mean, it, it sounds like you want to understand the craft more and be more ambitious. Yeah. I mean, I want to have those ambitious things, but at the same time, I like to make work that is 
uh, affordable. And I, it's not, and I don't think that that's possible when you're pouring a ton of time into pieces. Um, and I like the, I like being able to, I don't know, to make stuff that is affordable. Um, but it's kind of just two different parts of the same, um, of my, uh, I don't know how to say it, like two things that I'm going for simultaneously. Like one is like cheaper home goods. And then maybe there's like a fine art side to balance it out a little bit. You want it to be affordable for what reason? Um, because I want people to be able to buy it. Well, affordable, it. <laughs> affordable is relative in a certain sense. I assume, you, I assume you want people who are your peers to be able to afford it. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's a better way. People that are my peers, I would like to be able to afford it. I sometimes feel weird. Like when I'm selling something for, I mean, not that I'm selling stuff for that much money, but like a thousand dollars or something like I couldn't personally afford that necessarily, maybe over like maybe a payment plan or something. Um, but it's nice to be able to have something that's like, Oh, here's something that's like 40 bucks. Here's something that's like 80 bucks. And it's just like a little, like a little piece of, um, I don't know, a piece a smaller piece of work that kind of represents the larger whole. Yeah. I think that's completely fine. As long as you have a sustainable career, but I do find most people don't charge nearly enough for their work. That's yeah, that is, which is like, it it also stems and I I could be projecting, but it it can stem from this perspective that people with money are somehow secretly vile or the way they obtained it. And that's like, well, that's obviously not true, I think, but, but I do understand the better argument is the one we just made that it is a good feeling when people you respect within your field can afford your work and vice versa but it's also an incredibly limiting one yeah uh, and creates a weird shame when you try to get out of it yeah i mean I, I think that's exactly how i feel about it when i make something that is more expensive i feel i feel i do feel kind of guilty a little bit cuz i'm indulging and then i'm i'm asking to be indulged uh in a big way <laughs> indulging in what yeah. sense in the more well, in, intricate works you think it's an indulge yeah yeah it's like you're you're taking the time you're like taking the time um to work on something bigger and and then you're you're having to ask for more which then like maybe alienates some of your regular audience maybe so you view so like if you view it as an indulgement it surely is fun for you to make work it can, yeah, it can, it can be. It can you think be it's fun. fun? You think it's fun to make comic books? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's, that's just pain. That's just pure pain. <laughs> yeah, it is. I was just curious. The last comic you made was that big one, right? Oh no, you made that little one for that, uh, that anthology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was I, a well, while I, back, right? Yeah. Well, I put one out at the beginning of this year. That's like shorter. Um, but I have, I have, I've been typing out a script. Um, 
for some stuff. So I'm trying to maybe develop something, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's actually begun work on, on anything really. What's Um, the name of that comic? I don't know if I've seen that. Um, uh, called the wild Isle. Okay. Um, it was something I drew, uh, in like 2020 and it was just kind of sitting around. And then at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm not going to like actually finish this right now. So I'll just maybe put it into a little book. Oh, this is the one you were animating. You were animating. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I made a little animation for it too. Oh, so that never went full blown. You kind of did like a little promo animation for that. Yeah. And then, then I'm also writing a script for it now to kind of have it be a little bit more refined. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the pain of ceramics is usually on the latter end when things break or don't even ever get to where they're supposed to get. Yeah. So there's no yeah, avoiding there's that. There's no avoiding that. Yeah. Yeah, but also, but but comics just take like a lot of time. Um, in a and in, in the payoff, I guess monetarily is just not. No, it, it doesn't. Yeah you have to really want to do the, the thing that you want. That's yeah. There's no incentive unless you want to feel cool and which like, it's, it's not even that cool, but that's always what made it a pretty pure scene. At least when I was caring about it was the people who were there who were good. Surely they were there because they liked making comics, not because they thought they would make money or yeah. any other peripheral reward. And then if you look at like painting, it's a very different world. Mm-hmm. And cause you can, you can fake your way through those things and make a lot of money. It's very rare, but it's possible. Or you might have a lot of money and you just want to appear sophisticated and painting will do that for you. But comics won't do any of these things for you. Yeah. So nor, nor will ceramics, uh, you know, I'm sure you have an uphill battle with the way ceramics are priced. I think we've talked about that, you know, most of the time people are making mugs and they're 20, 40 bucks. Yeah. They're barely seeing profit. Mm-hmm. What are, yeah. you eating, are you eating popcorn right now? No, sorry. I was just cutting something. You're cutting. What are you cutting? A piece of plastic. I have to, I'm, I'm walking back and forth in my, in my apartment. Um, kind of, I need something to fidget with. You need that? Yeah. To talk on the phone, it helps me. Oh, really? This oh, is like good. This, this is difficult. This is a difficult thing. And M. Kettner, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I sent you the podcast I did with her, but she hadn't spoken to anyone on the phone for three years in an extended manner. Oh, so God. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I, I applaud you. I, I thank you for overcoming that. Oh no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's what I do whenever I'm on the phone. I'm like walking, I have to walk around to have like a conversation or like, um, do be doing something. Um, Mm -hmm. it's helpful. So have you been teaching in uh, Portland? Um, I've been looking for work, teaching work in Portland, but that hasn't really happened, but I am for whatever reason, still teaching online in Philly. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. They're having me on again this year, at least for 
like the first part of the year. I think they're slowly phasing that out, but they did offer uh, me to stay there again. So I'm going to, I'm going to accept that. Um, and oh, and I worked the summer camp over the summer too, just for like a weekend, which was yeah. kind of teaching adjacent. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? The teaching? Do you like it? Um, yeah, yeah, I like, I like it. Um, there's, I mean, I have a lot of freedom in the class that I have right right now the one in philadelphia it's at a high school it's like an after school program it's not like an official class per se um but it's like the school itself like doesn't necessarily like have a art program um i think they started having one this year um so it's sort of like a supplementary art education um after school program for the kids that are interested um so we've done like a, a comics course and then um, this year I'm going to try to focus on like animating because some of the students are interested in pursuing that in college. So I want to at least introduce some things to them. Not that I'm like any expert at all, but I think just like having the resources and materials available um, is helpful for people to kind of get a sense of what it look like, what that looks like. Right. I mean, I don't like, are you trying to be an expert or is that, is that something you know? No, no, you like like the amateur kind of learning Um, mode, right? I mean, I'm more of the mind that like, uh, that, that the, the teaching environment isn't one of like one person, um, espousing like their beliefs at, people and then like um they expect them to like take everything in but i think like having an open class where students can like ask questions do work or not do work um and kind of be more involved in like what they're interested in is like a better um way that that's the way that i like to do it um and it seems like that is usually pretty good um for what i i don't know did, did you say not do work yeah like uh i don't i, I first off well the class is like an after school class so it's like mm-hmm. i'm not ex- i can't expect them to actually like do stuff or not do stuff um mm-hmm. in this classroom setting though i do give them homework um and some of them will will engage with it um but it doesn't, you know, it's not like an actual class. So I can't right. like expect too much. Yeah. Um, and what was your it, schooling? Like, I, I forget. I think you did not go to art school. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was, I went to PSU. Um, and it wasn't like an art school, but I did take art classes. Um, and I took other classes as well that are just more like, regular state school schooling so it was kind of like a more of like a general like liberal arts degree and like i focused in painting but it wasn't like a bfa Mm -hmm. program that i attended um yeah but i so i still think i got some elements of like an arts education but it definitely wasn't as rigorous um as like an art school 
And were you drawing from a young age? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, uh, drawing as a child. Um, you yeah. went through life thinking you were an artist. I think, I think so. I, that was, it was encouraged and then also like not encouraged at the same time. Uh, I, th- I think I know what you mean. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's great that you're doing that, but you're not going to like actually do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, really. I in, in defense of those people, usually one's parents, it's like, uh, there is a distinction between a career, uh, and a hobby. Yeah. And that's probably what they were probably encouraging us to do it as a hobby. Yeah. And then we, uh, misunderstood that and made a career. That's yeah. That's the, and yeah. And they did it because they want what's best for us and pursuing art maybe isn't always like what's best for somebody. Potentially. I don't know. It's often not. I mean, how many people, there's so many people that I would not recommend become artists. In fact, most of them. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would say they should have a creative output, you know, some kind of potentially for therapeutic reasons, although I, uh, but I certainly wouldn't, I, I almost think it's like a dangerous thing to encourage someone to do, especially if you think they have no talent. I would also agree. And it's hard. And I like, don't want to agree with you, but I, I do. Oh, um, that's, I mean, and just, <laughs> just see, just seeing like what, like I've seen like friends like go through with just like going to school and accruing a lot of debt and then, ending up like not really pursuing it and like same with like the students that i'm teaching um i'm trying like i totally want them to pursue what they want um but at the same time i'm like you know there's like other practical things that you can pursue um that can give you um other skills that will help you make money and you can also do art so it's um i feel like i'm becoming like my parents or something in thinking like it's pretty normal in that way. Yeah. It's pretty normal. And there's, it's, there's a, it's humiliating or it, at least it creates humility in the sense mm-hmm. that your thoughts should change. You should be informed. And there is a pattern to the way human knowledge is accrued. I don't think there's any shame in it. Um, but there is nothing worse than a bad artist. I would say societally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. It's just a selfish mode, and if you're not even outputting good work, then you're just a, you're almost the worst of the worst. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'd rather oh. I'd rather you uh, do something very simple and and uh, of service to others. Oh god! I feel like you're just you're speaking to me directly. <laughs> no, we'll we'll step away from this. So there's obviously a lot of uh, food in your work. And we mm. all know that you're a very good cook, although you mm. won't release the cookbook. Mm. And do you think that's if I, for some reason, and cast a spell that disallowed you from being an artist, would you become a cook? Mm. I, I don't know uh, that spell, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've definitely thought about like what I would pursue outside of art if I were to. I mean, I, there's still time, I guess I could there's parts of me that are like, I could like still do, like I could still learn something and like go pursue it uh, now and still have a completely yeah good time. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe, maybe a cook, although that life is even harder oh, yeah. and worse. And 
Um, and nobody respects you in a way, unless you're like the highest level of cook. Um, well, if you feed them and they like it, they respect you pretty quick. That's what I yeah, think is, it's cool about being good at cooking. It, yeah, but it's like, but it, but for a restaurant, I feel like you're like an anonymous figure in the back. Oh, um, yeah. And you don't, you know, and like the servers are like the face of the restaurant and the cooks and the, and the people that are actually making the, the food happen are, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you have a wonderful restaurant. You could design all the plates and the utensils. I mean, and- yeah. You're good at branding. We we you know, we've seen you do some branding. Yeah. It's always a nice time. And then you're very good at cooking as well. I'm I'm okay. Uh Chelsea, uh my girlfriend is is better at cooking, but I I do end up cooking quite a bit. Oh, yes, and you had a kind of a challenge that was on YouTube? Oh, during um during like the pandemic or I believe, I think it was yeah. kind of cook-off show. Yeah, we did like a little uh, chopped challenge with some with some different people. Um, you guys won every time? And no, no, no. It was, it was, it was, well, because no one was in the same room. So people just had to be like really honest about their <laughs> dishes. And then, and then people that were watching would say, would like vote on like who, who won the round based on like presentation and all that. Um, so good it wasn't, idea. yeah, it was fun. It was like a really fun thing to do. Um, but it definitely had like a lot of limitations and it's not like there was like thousands of people watching. There were maybe like 20 or something, yeah, which is not, still, which is bad. still nice. Yeah. Are you I'm, frustrated? Was, oh, well, watching and commenting the whole thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Are you, are you frustrated by the uh, the need you have for exploring all these different avenues? Um, or do you accept it? Do you sometimes like sometimes I I like uh, yeah. There's definitely like I have a lot of dis, uh, disparate things going on all at once. Um, but the cooking thing is pretty practical because it's mainly just like, well, I want to eat something good, and I want to like save money so if i know how to like do stuff at home oh yeah you know i don't think it's so disparate i mean i'm like begrudgingly a generalist you know i specialization can be good when someone likes doing that thing Mm. and i admire those who specialize but there is some hunger in me and i don't know if it's like an attention deficit i guess that's the part where the shame might come in where it's like uh, do I have the attention to work on comics for 50 years and just be that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that way, but, or is it a lack of love? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or is it just uh, a need to express? It's kind of an infidelity. It feels like an infidelity sometimes. And, uh, but I think we're built the same in that, in that way. I don't think it's disparate in the sense that they don't make, it doesn't connect, but maybe to us internally it seems disparate i think people look at it like oh this makes sense this is one person mm-hmm. with one identity yeah yeah i mean do you but i'm maybe you have the same issue but like if you almost feel like anytime i start looking at like something that vaguely interests me i start getting kind of obsessive and like 
figuring out a way to kind of work it into the to my to my practice or my life or something yeah you, it's no different than love in a sense it, mm-hmm. and and that's why it might be a form of immaturity you know those kind of people who they need to date someone new every three months because it feels yeah. good yeah and I, I think if you don't watch out it can become that but obviously you're you're starting to specialize more and more in ceramics you know you might have these yeah always have these little branches of the tree but your trunk is looking pretty much like it's made out of clay mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it has become that and that and it's i don't want to say it's like begrudgingly become that but like <laughs> in a way you know it's like you you start focusing in on one thing and other things just kind of like fall to the side a little bit and you're like and they're kind of passing you by uh as you are um you know focused in and it's kind of it can be kind of challenging sometimes um to to just kind of let things go but i think it's ultimately probably a good a good thing yeah i think um, it's called maturity it sounds like yeah. maturity it's like you <laughs> you kind of like actually you know dedicate yourself and and you accept the sacrifice of all the things you can't do yeah i think that's yeah. natural i don't cuz we are we the same age about no. uh, just about maybe a year or something. You 32? I'm 31. I'm wow. going to be 32, though. So young. Yeah. <laughs> you're 33? Yeah. Okay. It's just barely holding on. <laughs> but what do you got? What are you, like, excited for? What are you looking towards? You got um, any shows coming up? No shows coming up. Um... Yeah, nothing really, nothing really planned um, currently. Uh, just kind of experimenting and making some some new work, doing some wood firings coming up in um, in January um, mm-hmm. and possibly October. Um, but yeah, ma- yeah, mainly just kind of focusing in and doing ceramic stuff. Um, and longingly thinking about a comics that I'll never make, I think is the other. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah, that can. It's weird. If you indulge too much in the, in the world before you make it, you almost get the hit, Mm. the dopamine hit of it too much. And then you're like, well, I already just thought about it, kind of lived it. Why would I waste the three years trying to get that out to other people? Yeah. Uh, so that's why I prefer the process to inform the story. So I don't know. I haven't gotten through it until I made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that makes sense. That's a, that's a good approach. But it looks like you're not trying, you're showing it. I don't know how to describe. I mean, I don't know these galleries cause I don't know much about Portland, but are these, it seems like a Portland gallery is different than, a New York gallery. Mm. Like these are, Um, these are like shops, quasi shops almost. Yeah. Like a lot of the spaces, I mean, the space that I show at called Lowell, um, is like a, a a shop, um, is mainly a shop. Um, and then it has, it has a gallery space as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, a lot of spaces like that are like that here, which I think is 
out of just like a practical, it's like practical. And also it's like, I think, I mean, I really like that approach of like going to a gallery that also simultaneously has other fun stuff in it. Like, it's just, it's a cool way to approach, um, like looking at art and there's like art that is affordable and like weird thrifted things. And then there's like some like contemporary painters being shown next to it. And so it's right. This resonates with your ideal. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, it's exactly my ideal is, uh um, work that's affordable and work that's, uh, more fine art, um, directed. So maybe you're more Portland than I ever realized. Uh, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe so. Although, I mean, I feel like, I mean, Harpy was kind of like that. But maybe I'm more Portland than you realize. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do you, what do you got cooking? I mean, it's really the art center is pretty time consuming. Yeah. But we got to get you back out here to finish those shelves and those things we were working on. Yeah. To tell the people listening, we were, we were doing a fabrication residency and we are in the middle of building a rocking chair. Yes. Um, We'll we'll get that done soon. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the pillows, how are the pillows looking? Those are done. Those are done, done. Okay. So it just needs to be attached and then, and then the, if you want to attach the pieces. Yeah. 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 The okay. finishing touches. Yeah. But we'll get yeah. there. We'll okay. get there. I don't, I don't want to go into my life too much. Okay. That's it's yeah. not about me. It's more of the service of like people understanding your process or thinking a bit more being introduced to the work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was talking to Kettner who I think you have some kinship with and respect to, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah, call the word. I just met, I just met, and met Kettner. I met Kettner and her beautiful husband. Oh, he's they beautiful. Came through, and they came through town um, and just said hi for like maybe half an hour, an hour, and it was really nice. Not not who I was expect. like, I don't know. She's not who I expected her to be. Uh. Really? I, I, I mean, we don't we don't need to go into that. But okay. That's interesting. I was in a good, funny. but in a in a good a good way. She was, yeah, it was great. You thought she was just some stuck up bitch making tiny. Oh, no, Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I do think it's funny, especially from my days of of well, you know, caring about Tumblr. I always thought you could know pretty quickly who you'd be friends with based on their work, mm-hmm. and it was and it's I've rarely been disproven. Yeah. Like you, you kind of know, it's pretty weird when a person doesn't look like their work in some sense. Mm. Who are you thinking about right now? For what? You know, anybody like that where you're like, how could that person make this work? Yeah. 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 I feel like it's very rare. Um, I don't, I'll need, I need more time on that. That's because most people look like their work. I guess, I guess so. But yeah. people can be really, you know, what I will say is like they might be boring, but their work might be really interesting. Mm. I feel like that can be true. Like they put it all into the work, 
and mm-hmm. then they, maybe socially they're just kind of it's maybe uncomfortable yeah and they're just saving it all up in there yeah Hmm. um yeah uh i mean i feel like that sometimes uh you feel that way kind of yeah it's although it's hard it's hard to say uh sometimes i feel very sociable but then sometimes i'm like i don't know uh feel very boring I think like it's I feel like right normal. now, like I feel like right now, I'm just not right now, not not very interesting to maybe talk to. I don't know. I can't tell. Well, tell me something I'm scared, interesting. I'm scared to look to listen back to this. And no, you will never listen back to it. It's fine. <laughs> tell me something interesting. Tell me a factoid or a joke. Oh wow. Uh, well, I recently we found go. out Uh-oh. that why there are not as many mummies. Uh-oh. in in the world is because they were uh they were eaten what there was a whole black market of buying and selling mummies um in europe and they were uh a lot of them were ingested because it was believed that they contained something called bitumen um which is basically asphalt, but, but back in like the 1600s, people thought bitumen was really good for you. So it was sort of like a health craze. Um, so these humans were eating these yeah. mummies. Yeah. They were like powdering them up, uh, in like a pestle. And then you could go to the pharmacy and buy it. Um, and you like apply it to wounds or like ingest it. This is a very Nick Norman factoid. I was I was so excited when I found that out. <laughs> it's just so it's just like so perfect, uh, like perfectly encapsulates like how people are. Right. Someone's thinking they're doing this incredibly reverent, divine preservation. Then time passes, and the other people are just eating them and grinding yeah. them up. <laughs> Which your your work often has this violent acceptable violence to Mm -hmm. it you know you're clearly not a violent person unless Mm. you've changed you may have changed Mm. when you moved to portland you know but uh there is this gruesome quality to the work Mm. you know that i mean there's a pumpkin carving a human body well yeah yeah there are there are things where i do indulge in kind of violent fantasy um but but then like my ceramic works feels pretty tame for the most, for the most part, currently, currently it's all, it seems very like interior design. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you're thinking more about those opportunities that are coming your way. Yeah. But it's easier to draw things of that nature. Yes. I feel. Yeah. You, you, it's less of an investment and things just spill out Mm. and then people judge you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel do you feel judged? Do you ever make things that make you feel judged? Um per, like my I feel like and this is probably true for everybody, but you judge what you make way harsher than anyone else ever judges it. If you're um, good. Yeah. If you're bad, the opposite is true. <laughs> yeah. And we've all but seen that. We've seen that. Just overconfidence of something 
can be overconfidence or a kind of ideological thing where like maybe you're a hippie on a beach and you paint like tie dye swirls and that you've done it for decades, but somehow you've not gotten better or worse, Mm. but you, but you just like dig it and you just kind of, it's a weird thing because (laughs) you have to be very critical to be good. And, but you have to also not be so critical. You don't make anything. So yeah. In this sense, most artists who are good are quite balanced psychologically when it comes to at least that process, that kind of piston of judgment and enjoyment. Hmm. I don't know. You can't even teach that. I actually think it's the most important thing. Yeah. Because the people who came in art school from art uh, magnet high schools who thought they were really good. Yeah. They quickly within one week were thought of as good and then they became very nervous about making bad things i see and, and nothing, like maintaining nothing. their their yeah. perception and, yeah i think like it's it's very beneficial to be kind of of a middling talent level but with a high drive mm-hmm. uh which is how i feel i look around at people who can really draw and i've been around them and i'm like wow this person is far more exceptional at, at drawing than me yeah but they they might not have the same drive. Sure. I mean that makes I feel like that, that makes might a lot make... of sense. And there's more room to grow, and and growth is is really exciting when you when you feel it in your work. Um, right. To see and that and I that gives, I mean that gives me even more drive. Like when I see, just when that happens, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah, and I think once you acknowledge growth can happen, you now have a a vertical metric. And so, again, if people don't have that, if if they think art is purely relative and everything is the same and you can make anything and it's good, they just have like a horizontal plane of nothingness. Mm-hmm. But once you have discover growth, well, you're you're blessed and you're cursed because usually you don't want to stop growing and it will haunt you if you, I mean, you're growing. That's clear. You know, I try to remind people and myself when they level up. And again, that guy in the car is, is the level up and that happens every like two years, three years, if you're lucky. Mm. Otherwise you're just kind of riding plateaus, but that are necessary. And then you, you bump up again. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It can be slow and frustrating, uh, too, when you're not when you're not growing. It's not a good it's not always a good feeling. It's usually not. But like you said, this year is full of failures and but technical failures, you know? Yeah. Those things push you artistically often. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's good to be exploring different projects and working for clients because they often put you in positions of discomfort. You wouldn't go to naturally. You wouldn't have to figure out all these technical things if you were just making fine art. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't, and it's not like teaching will put you there either, you know? Right. Yeah. Teaching is, is pretty, I do really like it. Um, but there's parts of it that are very limiting and it can be hard when 
you try to explain something or show something to a student or tell them ways that they can improve. And I mean, they're, they're kids. I mean, they're children too. Um, so they don't always listen or like, don't always take your feedback seriously, which is, which is okay. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's like something in teaching where I just wish, uh, I was just like, I want you to listen like a little bit more. (laughs) Well, it's hard when you, you sound very open as a teacher. So it's, yeah, they're kind of going to do what they do. The kids who are into it will pay attention. The rest will just drift off to nothingness, you know? Yeah. Which is true. I mean, that's just kind of how schooling works in general anyway. I mean, the kids that are wanting to like learn a specific subject will pay attention and they might not pay attention in other subjects. And then, and that's just, I mean, that just seems like how it goes. People are just more inclined to learn things, certain things than other things yes they can't be forced their hand can't be forced to to do something they don't want to do so certain personalities yeah yeah i think some people just grind through that but art artists typically no it's typically not their thing but then later on they learn they need that muscle Mm -hmm. i think again that's one huge thing like the willingness to have what's in your head, not be what's out there, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. imperfect translation. And in a lot of ways, that's all they're chasing is just a better translation of what's in their head. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't always. The, it's never. Uh, it's never good. Or, well, it's not <laughs> never good, but. It's never that thing, obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah. But what ambitions beyond this? There's any huge ideas besides the comics that that you're sitting on um not like not explicitly i mean i have like narratives kind of running in my head that i would like to explore more into and just and try to get get them out because it's just been sitting with me for a long time um but yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to just get better at ceramics and sort of hone in on um, kind of s- having having more systems to work with in ceramics, like figuring out, um, yeah, just figuring out like different ways of combining certain forms that I that I work with, um, like these like there's like different shapes and stuff that I've been working with. So I want to kind of just expand those um, and just play around, play around more. Um, yeah. No, you want to, no, you want to, your goal is to expand shapes. That's, hmm. that's what I mean. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, yeah. What that's about great. professionally? Are you trying to go down this uh, bed, bath and beyond path? Mm. It would be cool to like get some more people, some more design people interested in, in my work. And I've had a couple people reach out, but I'm also like skeptical a little bit of designers. Mm. Um, What's that mean? In some ways. Well, just because I feel like I know that I'm like, they'll people will pay for, for what they want. But sometimes I just like, I feel like I'm just being 
confused or something, but which I guess I am because I'm just making what they want, what they wanted me to make. Um, well, so you should feel I that you're, you're mutually, we're mutually in, gaining, engaged in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Artists get so used to just doing whatever the fuck they want that yeah. then suddenly when they're working with other people, they think they're being used. Yeah. But like other humans are like, oh yeah, that's called going to work or doing right. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's something I need to, uh, I need to get over. Uh, I think, I mean, I, for me at least, I think that was a path to maturity. It's like, oh, well most people, yeah, they, you know, uh, it's not necessarily being told what to do, but it is cooperating. Right. Yeah. And that word says it all. I mean, it's, it's two people or more operating together. Um, but you have a very singular vision, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's singular in the sense of that it's, it's willing to be humorous. And, and strangely enough, at least in modernity, the humor within art never fetches a high price point. Mm-hmm. Yet, supposedly, we value right tremendously yeah. so, you know? So very, yeah. very strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like I once said to you, the thing that's most unique about your work is never, no one would ever pretend to be that. You know, no one would ever have the pretense of making this kind of work. That's a compliment. Like, like no one would be so insane as to pursue this, like what, whatever no, or something. They wouldn't sit down and calculate, like, uh, I'm going to make drawings with ve- mostly vegetables and animals and various arrangements with this particular tone, like, and, and then pursue a career from that. It, it seems very, very organic and authentic mm. as an expression. There's no put on to the work. Mm-mm. And that's, yeah. I think it's good you didn't go to art school because that can get erased pretty quickly in art school. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I feel like I had to do some, some good amount of unlearning some things too, uh, that, that you learn at school. Um, like, I feel like the work that I made while I was in school and I mean, everyone's work kind of sucks when they're in school. Um, but I was maybe a little bit more focused on like, what is like the meaning of this in, in the scheme of like, art history or contemporary art or something or thinking that that was like important um yeah they active they activate your head at the sacrifice of everything else your heart soul etc and uh it's it's outright boring Mm. it it creates boring work and boring people and a boring Mm. system that's kind of insular yeah yeah I mean, I, I don't dis I don't disagree, um, with that. Um, but then they do, you know, but then there are people that like are championed in contemporary art that are also like really exciting and stuff. So it's like, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know that there's always, it's always boring, but, but at least like, uh, maybe at the school level or i mean in the schoolings yeah i mean yeah because the to speak of the art world the fine art world is it's so nebulous that Mm -hmm. of course there's interesting people who make fine art and who exist within it but 
the, I would say the general structure, first of all, artists don't, they aren't born from institutions. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what art education is in a sense. Yeah. I, I think when I went to school, it was clear who was an artist and who wasn't from day one. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just felt like a thing that was, you know? Yeah. And like, if I had a kid, I don't, I'm not, I think naturally they'd be interested in what's around, but I don't have any intention of making them an artist. Yeah. But you, you know, maybe secret, you hope a little bit. I don't know. That's tricky, right? Like, let, let's say you and I fancy ourselves good artists, right? I, I think it'd be weird to have a kid who was like, like you, you knew they were bad, mm. but they loved it. They loved yeah. it even more than ourselves. Yeah. And, and it, it would break their heart for you to be like, yeah, you, maybe you shouldn't go down this path. Like it's, it's one thing when our parents say it who aren't artists, but right. <laughs> it would be, it would be, you know, I'm from a large family and no one does the same thing. And yeah. I, I'm grateful for that, you know, because I, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. You know, obviously yeah. there's families full of artists, but you, you're the same thing, right? No one in your family is an artist. Mm, yeah. Not, I mean, I think like my, like some great aunts and stuff, you know, did casual like watercolors yeah uh when they were when they were younger um but no one's like pursued it really as like a career path or or anything i mean what's a great in if they haven't pursued watercoloring right early on <laughs> <laughs> it's just an ant yeah <laughs> well it was good talking to you yeah you too Thank you for bending your ear towards the blind shovel. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chen. Next week we have Jesse Balmer.